The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to Habs and Minded with Patrick Bexel. 25, under 25, and the final episode. And we have Anton, the fugitive, still in Croatia, though, so I'm not yep. sure how much of a fugitive you are right now. I'm not. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm laying low at the moment. I'm staying in my place and just uh, making sure that Interpol can find me. It's, it's a good thing that we're recording a couple of days in advance, so they can't listen to the pod and figure out where you are. Exactly. And as tradition dictates, for the last two seasons, we've had Mark Dumont on the podcast for the final episode. Our own boss, there's like two people I I called boss. Mark is one of them. Now, though, you have a new job and you're with Montreal Hockey Now and the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us, Mark, first and foremost. Thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, by the way, Anton, I already I'm on the phone with Interpol right now, so I, I'm getting that sweet reward money. Sorry. Yeah, and you've seen my face. That's the problem as well. Exactly. Well, yeah. I, you know, that's what I tell most women that meet me. You've seen my face. That's the problem. So yeah. It's, <laughs> by the way, not a good pickup line. I'm just telling you right now. How's it going, guys? I've, I've heard worse. So yeah, we're we're good. It's uh, it's been a challenge this year. I think uh, partly Anton hasn't been able to join me as much as he normally has uh, been able to. And second, mm-hmm. we we trying to do the top ten as individual podcasts as well. So uh, it's been really really interesting. But at least there's there's a lot of good players to talk about. Finally, you know, like the talent's there. It's also over fifty players for the first time. So it's like it's it's a lot. Oh yeah, of... you guys are ranking fifty. I mean, because also for those that don't know right now, and they know I used to be the managing editor at Eyes on the Prize. There's someone I'm actually at Andrew Berkshire's house right now. So he was the managing editor of Eyes on the Prize before me. And he brought me in. And I think our first time we did the T25, U25, we had maybe like 39 people to list or like 37 or something like that. Now mm. they're up to 50. So yep. that's, yeah. And I mean, it's just that you're getting talent all the way down. I think like, uh, you know, obviously I'm looking at this list right now. We'll get into it. But like, the, it used to be the last 10 guys, maybe that make the a- AHL. Maybe you're seeing, you're seeing some people that could still stick in the, the NHL. So that's, that's very interesting. Honestly, I got to say, there's not a ton of like superstar talent, I don't think, in there, but a lot of solid NHL potential, and that's pretty exciting. Yeah, the, there was someone mentioning in the comments today when Uri Slavkovsky was um, ranked at third. We are recording this on Wednesday evening in, in Europe and Wednesday afternoon in, in Montreal. Um, it was saying like, well, we've come a long way since Nathan Bolio was ranked third overall. Yeah, however... And, uh, you know, I'm going to be doing a prospect ranking in some Montreal hockey now, so keep an eye on that, but... One of the one year, I remember at one point we had Carey Price, Max Pacioretty, Lars Eller, um, PK Subban, Brendan Gallagher, and Alex Galchenyuk were all fighting in the top five. So, you know, it, there was a point where it was pretty exciting, but then, yeah, after that, it got um, it got a little murky. I remember fighting with people about Brett Lernout being in the top 25 under 25. Oh, that, that was the good old days for me, yeah, yeah. And they're like, How dare you? He's gonna be so good. And I was like, Guys, listen, first of all, I know the guy, and and he like 
he scares me. Yeah, he, he looks like a Viking. Like, but um, there's nothing there. There's no value there. And, and when you're looking at the guys on this list, there's value. I think there's actually value. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm pretty far down on the list as well. Like, I mean, even if you're like, there are guys who are not even cracking the top 25 this year who who actually seem like they could have genuine potential to play at least professional hockey in North America. And I'm, I'm looking at the list and I know we can't, are we allowed to divulge it? Anyways, I'll let you guys figure that out. But there's yeah. two guys on there that I think should be in the top 10. And, yeah. I have one that I definitely would rank a lot higher. Obviously, I'm partial. So I can start mm-hmm. with that because yeah. I would probably rank Adam Engstrom quite a lot higher. Probably me as well. Okay, uh, now let's be perfectly fair. How many people, like the first time I saw him was at Dev Camp, right? And and yeah. he, he looked great. I think he looked like one of the smarter players. But it was clear that he had some 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 high-end experience skating very, very good. Yeah. But let's be honest, people that are voting on him, they don't know who he is. They, they, no, they, no, like, no. And he, neither did I. I'll be honest. No. I think I had him at 37 and he finished 40th. Uh, Okay. And and, and uh, obviously, I've been down to Engelholm to Rugler and spoken with him, spoken with the coaches, spoken with the GM, mm-hmm. and got an impression firsthand. See him back practice as as you did in in Dev Camp as well. But he also flew a lot under the radar in a very very strong under twenty team in Yurgolam last year. Exactly. Yeah, and the Canadians are looking for guys that can, you know, it's not just about um, quick exits, but quick puck retrieval as well, right? So the way they're actually trying to structure this team is just that it's con- continuously a fluid motion. And to have that, you have to have guys that can retrieve the puck. I mean, you look at their lineup for going into next year, no one can retrieve the puck there, let's be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. So there is a lot of space uh, on the defensive side of things to make an impact. But there's one guy in there that I'm looking at. Again, I'm going to say, well, maybe top 15, but William Trudeau yeah. um, might yeah. be the most underrated prospect. Now, the reason I say this is that he's the kind of guy that coaches will like. Okay, He's the kind of guy that makes doesn't only make the right decision, but he makes very few mistakes. He has a very good ability to get the puck on net, which is very important. He's, he's got fantastic gap control. Like his, What he does when you're trying to enter the zone is that he forces you to dump it in. Okay, And then you, we all know scoring chances just crater yeah. as soon as you're forced to dump it in. So William Trudeau, I think, should be much, much higher in your overall list. Like I, I, I'd say... And this is probably going to, but I'd say that William Trudeau has a much higher chance to become an NHL than Caden Primo or Jesse Yelunen. Well, I mean, if you thought that, you, maybe you should have made a list, you know, as, as you know, and, and we could have just seen, you could have had Trudeau at top 10. No, I was actually, if I'm being perfectly honest, I was going to mention those two. Um, yeah. If I if I were to rank again, I would place both Engstrom and Trudeau significantly higher. Yeah, yeah, because ha- having heard what others have said as well, um, uh, um, having read um about them and and like listening to to what uh, pat have come up with with autumn Engstrom. i remember like when he was drafted had no real clue who he was obviously coming from yugona's under 20 team and they had a really strong development you know th- this year they had liam ergre and noah östlund jonathan lecker maki kalio delius four players who potentially could go in the first round um autumn Engstrom was kind of forgotten and when he was drafted in the third round, he's kind of like, well, do they really need another left-handed defenseman and all that? Yeah. Trudeau was kind of the same last year, right? Like he was kind of an afterthought. And then when you look at it and when you look what he has put up, and His I would probably, fantastic. yeah, I would probably, yeah, I mean, I had Arbor Zekai very far down as well. I would probably ranked him higher as well. Okay. Oh yeah. you got, He snuck into the top 25, eh? Yeah. Mm. I, I I would be honest. Uh, the two okay, guys you guys you don't mentioned... see my camera right now, but I'm making some funny faces. Listen, I I love the hype around Arbor, 
and I've met him several times and please don't punch me in the face, Mr. Uh, Jack Eye, but uh, no, absolutely not. He shouldn't be in the top 25. Let's be perfectly honest. Uh, I was going to, I had him at 36. So I, I say yeah, like, sounds I would about probably, right. Yeah. I would probably have him at like 28th, 27th or something if I ranked it. Why? Because he knocked a guy out at Dev Camp? No, no, no. Because, because he actually had a good year. Like, I mean, he's 20, so he should probably have a good year in the OHL. Yeah, but... As an overager, but we'll yes. see. But honestly, I, I, I just don't know. And, I, I, like here's the thing is that guy's a hard worker i'll give him that mm-hmm. and i know that he wants to succeed and i know he wants to be known for more than just a dude that that puts other people to sleep but i'm not i'm not sure if those skills will translate to the ahl that's all i'm saying and it's not me trying to be harsh i think it's just realistic in this approach because like i've been seeing people talk about who are you most excited about Gooley, baron uh harris or jack Eye, and it's like each one of these things mm-hmm. is not like the other yeah, you know, yeah let's yeah. be perfectly honest so um there is a chance he develops into a stalwart defender, but I, I, I think it would but be a it, long, it's... long, long-term plan if that's was the case oh. there. You know, it's, like, it's I could also... see him being a captain of the HL team for a while. Yeah, Absolutely. I was gonna say like it's difficult to see him ever reaching beyond like it, his maximum ceiling would be third pairing defenseman, and like there is no yeah. like if he really, really ticked all boxes. But it's a great feel-good story, and people like that. So like, oh, uh, I absolutely, mean, it's kind of. It kind of you know, it kind of adds to the whole and, and, guy. Like, and there's it, it cost them nothing, right? Like, that's the other part is your ac- your asset acquisition cost mm-hmm. was zero. Yeah. So you know, if something happens, something happens. But it's funny because we're, we're looking at another guy right now that's like Michael Pazetta. We would have said the exact same thing about yeah. him that he's never going to make sure. it, yeah. right? Um, and and, and I know for yet, a fact, here he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Pazetta yeah. works super hard, and Jack I also works pretty darn hard. So mm-hmm. you know, it's funny for me. You know, if I go full nerd and I say, well, statistically speaking, he should make it, but that's you know, it, it's not a math test on the ice. It's a coach. It's a different kind of test, and I yeah. he passes a lot of the uh, the tests that are put forth towards yeah. man by management and, uh, and the team. So we yeah. should also point out really that the list was made before the World Juniors, and one person that I also yeah, spent yeah. spent some time with this summer. Or albeit over Zoom, um, was Jan Mishak. and he should probably he would probably have been ranked a lot higher after yeah. the World Juniors than before. Mm-hmm. I st- I'm still not sure he's going to finish up as a center. I think he will be I, a, a a winger down the line. I was talking to him about that, believe it or not, because he intercepted me at uh, at Dev Camp, and um, you know he was he was just saying like he, I was asking him, like how comfortable are you down the middle, and he really wants to stay there, but. It's not his choice, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I think but, the... But you know, I, you know who else should be higher at, at, while we're speaking about European yeah. prospects? And it's the guy who I actually doubted a little bit because I didn't see anything in his game that really stood out. Um, Monsieur Emil Heinemann. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Honestly, well, here's yeah, why no. I'm going to say he's ranking him a little bit higher. Okay, so the skating isn't there. The defensive awareness isn't there. But he has an NHL shot already. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Now, but the, that's the, the shot value is great. The, no, the no, and it's great. already NHL. And, and he's yeah. got the accuracy and the speed. Too. Yeah. So one of the things that Mario Lemieux always said, it's better to have like a faster, accurate shot than a heavy, heavy, like, you know, wind up shot. So but, I will say, I don't know if he's got it, but I would like at one point I was writing him off as a as a nothing burger. I would say Emil Heinemann probably sh- like, you know, I should have respected him a little bit more. We'll see how it goes this season. Uh, but uh, having spoken I, I really, with his... I, had ri- I had written him off. I'll be honest. And I, at Def Camp, I kind of changed my uh, my opinion. Uh, no, I, I think um, I spoke with his coach, and, and mm-hmm. obviously it's the same coach as that has coached Matthias Norlinder uh, and um, Victor Olofsson, who plays, or Golofsson, as we, we sp- speak about him in Buffalo. Um, well, we, we don't, th- we don't way. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. It's not, it's not the, uh, oh, for some reason I thought it was the Habs Olofsson there no. uh, that they had drafted a few years ago. Okay, okay, okay. No, no. But, but he's very similar, I think. But both uh, the coach and I, 
think he's very similar to Victor Olofsson. Defensive, very not strong. Um, but the yeah. shot, they're, they're the shot. very different shots, but they're very good. I th- he, it, he pronounced it, it like uh, Victor Olofsson's has, a, has maybe more tr- I think like he has a faster accuracy, shot there. Like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like but Heinemann can place his shot through a defender. Okay, well, that okay. I love that he said that because that's one of the things I picked up on Def Camp is okay. If there's no one between him and the goalie, he's he's picking that corner. But mm-hmm. even if there's a defenseman, he still still picks an open spot. Yeah. And that's that 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 actually takes like whether it you're born with it or not, it still yeah. takes pretty a lot of uh, uh, brain power to make that yeah. happen. So um, I just don't like I I had him like ranked as like maybe he'll make it to the HL one year, yeah. but now like if no, I have to see the people. That impressed the most like, at uh, at the prospect tournament. You have Owen Beck, and after him, it was Emil Heinemann. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, it's more I can see him making it into the AHL, no problem, D- definitely. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, skating, I'm not sure if the skating. Yeah, like, and, and then work you, on that. You, you you speak about like these things that are translatable for a coach. Yeah, and they're like his coach also said, um, if you have him in your own end, you haven't coached right. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know like that's and I'm sure I'm not sure if he has the high end talent to compensate for that lack of yeah. of defensive awareness. But speaking of which, guys that do have a lot of high end talent, I think that didn't look good at camp, at Dev Camp, or at the Prospect Tournament is um, Cédric Guindon. Um, so he's actually a uh, he's a French Canadian from Ontario, so Franco Ontario, just like me. Uh, and obviously, I have a soft spot for him. But for all intents and purposes, Cédric Guindon will skyrocket up the list this year. Now, I, I, I prospect camp, mm. he was like, listen, I'll be perfectly honest. He was, he was, he was playing with guys that don't even make your, your, he was playing with invites there basically, mm. but keep an eye on Cédric Guindon. That might be a really good high value pick for the Montreal Canadiens mm. uh, in terms of return yeah, we, compared to where they got we, him. Yeah. We, we saw fellow EP and fellow eyes on the price alumni, Mitch Brown put out, out something about Cédric Guindon as well, uh, that yeah. he's one to look forward to yeah. you know following um and like he yeah. might he might joshua it's, quiet there you know that's, uh, that's yeah. pretty exciting no but it's fun it's fun to just look at it if you look at heinemann there were there were talks that they really wanted him in that deal uh from from calgary was right or was it the florida deal because he's no, been it, no, Tyson, calgary. yeah calgary was um was the first and uh yeah. heinemann and yeah. sharat went to uh exactly. florida for the first yeah. time yeah. so so i think that basically kent hughes and jeff Gordon were thinking about like well, the Habs have been lacking, you know, power play goals threats for years. Goals. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, like, I mean, if you That's can exactly just what they in... said when they acquired yeah. him, like, yeah. we want guys that can score goals. Because exactly. listen, you guys all know I, I'm a big proponent for data analysis, and I love the idea of putting more shots on net. But eventually, they got to go in. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I know it's funny when people are like, oh, well, he scored 30 goals, but he shouldn't have. But he did, though. Did he? Like, did he? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. But the numbers say he shouldn't have. Yeah, but he did, and then he did it again. So mm-hmm. there is value there, um, even it if is. predictive analysis doesn't tell you. Goals are still very important. Yeah, indeed they are. Um, the, I mean, for me, um, I think you mentioned the two ones I would probably move down, Mark, and that's probably Caden uh, Primo and Jesse Ilonen. Has um, you, you can ah, argue I, that I like Ilonen's he... game though. I really like Ilonen's game, and once in a while he's got. And speaking of NHL shots, yeah. That no, one-timer no, no. is is sexy, yeah. man. That is some sexy one-timer action. I just don't but, know but if if he's has got he stagnated. The... Well, I'd like to see a full season under, like obviously Bouchard and um, uh, um, there was a big change there. I wouldn't say he stagnated as much as um, 
maybe in this sense, last year the the Laval Rocket were really using hired guns, mercenaries. Mm-hmm. Let's be pretty like guys like Danik Martel and the, what's the name of that dummy there? Um, the dummy that said, "If you have more Quebecers, you'd be good there." And I forget his name. Anyways, um, pardon me. Oh yeah, GSD. Yeah, what a what a dummy. Anyways, and uh, you know they had guys like Xavier Wallet, and they had a lot of like overagers. Let's be perfectly honest, and it's good. Like they they went far with them, but. You don't want your HL team to be full of 30-year-olds, right? So you want to give space for guys like Yes Yulinen to actually do it. So I'm expecting to see a significant uptick in ice time this year, and then we'll see how we'll be able to react to that. However, there's going to be a lot of competition in Laval, too. Like, yeah, it's not yeah. just Montreal. Like, Montreal right now, I'm looking at it. I don't see a spot for Slavkovsky in Montreal. No. Um, and, until and, the deadline, that is. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? It's funny. On the way, me and me and Andrew are going to get some... Uh, there's some free advertising, some momesos. And uh, we were talking about, I'm saying, I actually see Slavkovsky two years out. And I know people lose their minds, but the cool part is, I don't think Hughes or Gordon gives a flying frig or flying fiddlesticks about what other people say. And, and yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if they, but again, all this is to say, Laval will be pretty tight too. Yeah. So uh, um, I, what I'm afraid for him is he kind of fa- falls into what happened to Lucas, uh, Lucas uh, Vedemo in the sense mm-hmm. that they kind of, Shaw kind of, um, pigeonholed him as like a defensive mm. player and let's be honest that was never really his big thing mm. um um and then he kind of got obsessed with that and lost his offensive mm. capability but we saw last year he was still getting good power play minutes you still get and and i think he has one of the best shots in the league so that being said what you did mention earlier yeah at one point you, you have to see them take off right like yeah. how old is he now is he 23 yeah he, i think so. he should be yeah he's yeah. 99 so so let's be perfectly honest these are his prime years yeah. so like it's got it's got to happen, so I probably drop him. And listen, I don't know what we've seen out of Caden Primo that tells you that he's NHL worthy. I, I don't want to be mean. And again, I know these guys, so this is a little bit weird. Mm. So I get a few texts saying like "f you, Mark," which is normal. <laughs> I get that all the time. Um, I think Caden Primo was rushed out of, and that was a Macbeth issue. Mm. Was rushed out of Northeastern. He's the only goalie in the history of the NCAA to sign at 19. Okay. Um. He was promised the moon. He didn't get it. Got upset about that, which I, I get it because yeah. he got told things were going to happen. I'm not going to spill all the details, but um, and since then he hasn't had like if you. I, I actually didn't look at his numbers this year, but I, I assume they're they're pedestrian. He hasn't had anything that indicates that he's NHL ready. He's big. Um, his lateral transitions not great. His reaction not great. I would say, like I look at. I'm, there's a reason I think the Habs went out and picked like uh, Verbetic and uh, Dobesh. I mean- and uh, no, I'm, and, I'm and, just going to say about about him that he had a 909 save percentage during 33 regular season games, but he w- was really good in the playoffs, 936 in 14 games. Which is absolutely, which is what made me laugh when GSD is like, we should have more Quebecers on our team. Like, buddy, an American just saved your ass there. You yeah. know, like, shut well, up. Well, he has a French name. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and at the same time, it was like, Yulunin was scoring goals and, and Primo mm-hmm. was, say, yeah, exactly. But uh, mm-hmm. I think there's a good reason why they went... Um, they went to get those three gigantic goalies there. Um, and one who has a breakout season. And, 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 and it's actually, a, and, and he's asked me to, to continue calling him Dishaw. In, is that in, it? In okay. English. No, because no, it's good. actually, if in Danish, it's Dick Off. Dick Off? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's not oh, that's very amazing. good. <laughs> oh, that's, my God. That's a, whole, that's a whole touch my sack uh, story <laughs> once again. Yeah. Like, it's not good. So he's asked me to. So you, to don't want, you don't want to put him inside Tuck because then we Tuck Dick Off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tuck my sack dick off. Okay. Yeah. Um, I always wanted to make it sound like 90s rap, like the cow. Uh, anyways, um, I, I I haven't had a chance to talk to him, but I have to, had a chance to talk to Dobesh. And yeah. 
I love his attitude. Like he's got that like hungry, you know, he's got that dog in him there. Yeah. Uh, he's really exciting. So anyways, I think there's a reason why to get, before yeah. we get, you know, we'll have to get to our number one guy pretty yeah. soon, but yeah, I think there's a reason the Habs went and picked up three goalies mm-hmm. like back to back to back. And, and it's smart. You're not using, um, you're not using a wall. Verbetic in, in the OHL, yeah. but these guys have time now. Like in yeah. Europe, yeah. And NCAA, you have a longer time frame, and you go with a seventh round pick. Perfect. That's what. But you I was goals. just gonna say, like, I mean, basically, with young goalies, you're gonna just throw assets at them, right? But just hoping that one will stick in the end, because like you've kind of realized that Caden Primo won't be a new Caden uh, Carey Price, regardless. I mean, listen, he's from a goalie's perspective. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. But the question is just like, can he eventually become like a 1B or a solid backup or something? But you still need Like a Jake Allen of sorts. But yeah, you need someone to come back in. Yeah, Yeah, and and you need like, I mean, if you have 11, 12 draft picks, why not throw one per draft on a goalie and just see how it works out? I was just speaking to... Oh yeah, here's where I'm gonna start dropping names there. No, my friend (laughs) that works for an NHL organization, Mm. but he he was saying like, the, the arrow, yeah, hmm, uh, you know, like, uh, did he win a Stanley Cup this year? No, actually, <laughs> I was I was speaking to Eric pretty recently. He was actually pretty excited because I'm going to be doing the podcast with Andrew, and we used to all work together. Um, but uh, and he was saying like, just this is actually like a couple of years ago, and he was saying just the idea of, of spending a high draft, like even okay, if it's a really good goalie, he's going to go the first round, and even then, he's like statistically speaking, terrible to pick a goalie in the first round. Like, I mean. You have a Rangers guy that made it and a Habs guy that made it. That's about it, mm. right? Most of their first rounders are. And yeah, the Nascarov between... is not going to pan out, I think. Well, and the difference between a really good goal in the first round and a, and a, and a pretty there's... good goal in the seventh round is very minimal. Like, there's actually. Well, the... speaking, I don't think once there is a, one. But... Once in a blue moon, you get a Vasilevsky, but you also get a oh, Jack Campbell exactly. who doesn't break through until you're 28. And it's just yeah, like, and was, then it, you have that... was it then worth it? that panic run where guys start getting goalies is kind of like when the D's come off the board, you know, and then the guys mm-hmm. start picking them. But to go back to it, um, I remember at one point when the Habs picked uh, some guy called Kerry Price, they had uh, Mathieu Garon, Cristobal Huet, they had just grabbed Halak too. Um, Theodore, I believe. Yeah. He was Anyways, still there, right? Yeah. They had like their, and, and, and at one point like Garon and, and all them, they were considered like pretty darn good too. So, um, it wasn't Fizer's well, but anyways, so like the Habs were at their strongest point there too, and they went and they got a goalie for so it, it worked out. So it's never enough, right? That's the thing, it's never enough, and it's always good. Basically, they're hoping that one of these three guys pans out, but in my opinion, like I would drop Primo down to like the mid to above like 15 to 20, maybe even a little bit mm-hmm. lower, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah. I was just gonna say, like, for every Carey Price at fifth overall, you get an Al Montoya at sixth overall. So I was gonna say, wasn't it De Pietro that was taken first? Yeah, De Pietro, yeah. Yeah, I think he's still getting paid fifteen million dollars a year. Uh, good for him. <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Let's just like honest. you, Mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like me. Yeah, we're making yeah. lots of money, and both our <laughs> knees are shot. That's so. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, we, we know who's paying for the between in next time we're in uh, Montreal, right? <laughs> Nick Suzuki actually still owes me one, and so does Alex Belzil. And I don't care. I'm collecting. I don't care. I, it doesn't matter that I don't work for the Canadians anymore. Mm. I am correcting now. One thing I'm going to look at all this is that I don't know if Kirby Doc, like I know he's established and whatnot, but I don't know if I see the potential in there. And I like, it's pretty, to me, fifth. I like, I, I would look at a guy like Sean Farrell um, with a lot more potential than a guy like yeah. Kirby Doc, because I know that the, the age difference isn't that significant, but I love the fact that they overcooked Farrell in the sense that they, mm. you know, gave him all the time he wants. So, um, but Kirby Doc is bigger. And as we've heard and read a lot of the times in the comments, bigger is always better. Always better. That's why 
statistically speaking, the second you go over six foot three, there's like a 99.9% chance you will fail in the NHL. But mm-hmm. you know what's always funny about that? People are like, oh, how many small guys have made it? Like a lot more than big guys. Mm-hmm. This idea, like Safkowski, if he makes it at his height, is like a unicorn. There, think of this right now. And I think we had, we talked about the D last time, but forwards over six foot four that were good in the NHL. Mario Lemieux. End of list. Like there's guys, <laughs> like there's other, there's a couple others here and there. Yeah. Like maybe Jamie Ben might have been 6'3, but he was like a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a lot of really tall guys that are good in the NHL. So it's funny that we have a bias against small guys, but statistically speaking, they have a better chance. Speaking about the small guy, I have to ask Mark, um, Philip Meshar. Was he taken in the first round so you can con- so Montreal could have controlled uh, the fourth the Slovak first influence? Yeah, or or, uh, contro- or controlled maybe uh, because if he's taken in the second round, he has to be be uh, uh, offered up to yeah, a European yeah. club beforehand. Yeah, um, I don't think so. I think they actually that was a surprise pick for me. But like, let's yeah. say I will say this. Um, well, you're Let's on camera it. when they picked him, so we, we know that it was a surprise pick for you. <laughs> right, yeah. Absolutely. And it was crazy about that. We had that video, is the Habs, and like we never, we took us like two days to put it out. Every other, like the NHL Czechoslovakia, or not, whoa, I'm going way back, NHL yeah. Czech put it out, and they got like 150,000 views in a couple <laughs> seconds there, and the Habs were like, what? no, that's ours. I'm like, well, then get it out, get it out. But anyways, <laughs> it was a really cool moment. Um, I will say at Dev Camp and at the Prospect Challenge, uh, Meshaw, right? Meshaw, yeah, is Meshaw. that how I pronounce it? Um, um well first of all he taught me some some Slovak words like dobice and uh uh but he was much better than Slavkovsky and I, I think one of the cool things there is that you're trying to use him as a center now. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's got a center in him, but someone is explaining to me, and it's he might be your prospect uh, guy over at Eyes in the Prize, how he actually will could be able to generate a little more um as a center, not off the wing. So that'll be interesting. But I mean, he has to get stronger. And I've never been one of those guys, like, you have to be super strong, but he does. Like, he's going to get thrown around there. Kind of like, remember when Victor Mete was a defenseman? Mm. He got tossed around there like a little ragdoll. Um, but his anticipation, fantastic. His edge work is, ugh, it's like sex on the ice. Um, he could... Is that good? Be... Yeah, you know what? Like, I'm trying to think. Well, not the first time I did it, but the second. No. Okay, and then also he, he his stick handling is just absolutely fantastic. So I wanted to see him without Slavkovsky. I think that was really important. Um, and he he drove the offense in his own line. So out of everyone, he's probably the one whose stock out of that draft, other than Owen Beck, has gone up the highest. Like Owen Beck and Lane Hudson, uh, yeah. Lane Hudson were obviously great picks, but uh, Meshaw, I was surprised they picked him. I, I wouldn't have picked Slavkovsky or Meshaw in the first round. I'll be perfectly honest. Yeah. I mean, I would have picked Slavkovsky at like five or whatever, but not at one. Um, but so far out of the two, I'd say definitely uh Philip Meshaw is uh is showing his medal. Now it'll be interesting to see if he goes back. Like, uh, from what I heard, he doesn't want to go to Kitchener, and I kind of get it. The guy's been playing pro hockey, like yeah. people don't understand that pro hockey is a whole different thing. Like, you know, junior, oh, but it's in Canada. Yeah, I know, but you're not gonna tell me that the Rangers are better than a Slovak team. And I'm sure, like you said, Patrick, what is that? Brinas or sorry, I'm not, I'm not pronouncing Brinas, that yeah. Brinas is, I mean the SHL or sorry, S E L. Um, no, SHL. Oh, sorry. Damn it. Yeah. I'm back to the Swedish Elite League. It's always going to be the SEL in my mind. Um, it's obviously much higher quality than the OHL, right? So um, the thing is, what would help him is that he, they'd force him in the gym. And, and again, I don't want to be that guy, but he has to get stronger. He just yeah. has to get stronger. It's as simple as that. Now, I saw him walk, off, walk away with his shirt off. Like he's, he's cut, yeah. but little guy there, you know, so he's got to get that core strength up because he's going to get tossed around. I also know that Regler was interested, which would have been brilliant with two uh, 
Habs prospect in the same team. But well, it's uh, been great for you, yeah. Yeah, and it's obviously just an hour to drive, or, or an hour and a half when I keep the speed limit. Uh, oh yeah, there you go, which you always do. But yeah. uh, you know, the cool part here is that we're talking about guys that, um, uh, you know, that are way out. Like Brett Stapley, I mm. man, he really dropped. He actually looked pretty darn good in there at at camp. But mm. anyways, there's a good amount of these guys out of the 25 that can. That can be, that have any I think, yeah. yeah, I think the biggest reason why Stapley was dropped as well was because he was out of an NCAA contract and he wasn't. And he didn't like, have, he did was, he have his AHL yet? No, 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 no he didn't when the list yeah. was. So we were just expecting that he was going to go on an AHL tryout somewhere, not in the Habs, you know, and, and he, yeah, yeah. then he came well, back and. Yeah, he's kind of following the same route as uh, Rafael Hervé Pinal. Yeah. They're going with signing with the uh, Laval Rocket. But yeah. I mean, he had a bit of a slow start at prospect camp, but his defensive play was fantastic. And 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 what's more, I think he really impressed Jean Poisson in the sense that um, he was turning his his defensive work, which he was covering for these overeager defensemen, uh, into offense, which is actually what we saw Owen Beck do a lot. So coaches fall in love with that kind of stuff, yeah. and, and you know whether they deserve it or not, they're going to get chances because of it. Well, we're going to keep going, and we're going to keep going all the way up to number one. We hinted on it. And it's obviously the new Sprague captain. Robinson. Sprague <laughs> yeah. Robinson is our. Uh, I mean, well, uh, I heard more. that he has retired and is working Good. at a uh, border crossing between Ukraine and Poland, serving oh. up hot meals now. And oh, okay, well then that's okay because in in a good way. Okay, good because um, he's assisting he's a bit in of another a, way. He's a bit of a can I, he's a bit of a dick. If I'm being per- perfectly honest, me and him don't yeah. talk. No. Uh, Sprague Ribbonsian is um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to get into it. I'll get really angry, but uh, f that guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> we, we're going to talk about the and new the horse captain. he rode in on. Yeah, go ahead. We're going to talk about the new captain. Obviously, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, we, you, I, I would assume you sort of expected it, um, but Nick Suzuki. Oh. Is number I'll one. be honest. I was I was essentially part of his campaign to make him captain there. You know, if we're being perfectly honest, I don't know if you guys saw me this summer, but uh, you know, I was following him around at like yeah. uh, youth hockey tournaments and just telling him like, man. And it wasn't. I, I'm not trying to take any credit for this, but I was trying to kind of explain that um, if you want to be a legend in Montreal and adored, and no offense to Weber or Petcheretti or any of them, but you have to immerse yourself. Go back to what Jean Beliveau did, and and mm-hmm. I don't want them to be a Jean Beliveau. That's impossible. Jean Beliveau epitomized class and just i mean there, there there was no one like him like he answered every single letter by hand right however this idea of not staying and not talking to the kids like you have to do that now it's really important to kind of embed yourself into the community and i think it's quite clear this summer that that was part of his game plan there mm-hmm. so i uh first time i met his parents in life i said like you know your son's going to be captain right and they're like oh we we think so this is about two years ago uh and it was like no man like just he has that disposition that you know he's calm cool collected uh, uh you know stoic and he leads on the ice he's not a big yapper but he leads on the ice and i think that's important for the canadians especially when they're gonna have i like the idea of having a young captain i know everyone freaks out about it but like that, that that's just people getting angry that old guys like brad marsh don't get captains anymore don't get captaincy i, I think it'll be good for him too because he's already an old soul right um to bring in the so that way they'll have a captain that they can actually relate to all these young guys, and that plays well. So you know, double double bonus as opposed to a guy that's just like this crusty dude that has a thousand games, and you give him the C because he's old. But know? it it also makes sense because it's a rebuild, right? You're building so exactly. Kind of like, so by that time, yeah, sign yeah, him up exactly. for eight years, and you're kind of like making sure all that this is, this is the guy yeah. we're going to build around, regardless yeah. if he's going to be like the 
you know, one C or the two C in the future. He's going to be part of the team. He's going to be. Yeah, well, he he committed to your team for eight years, so they're essentially saying like, you know, yeah, exactly. good to go. Ahead. And I, I didn't see it any other way. I know people are talking about Gallagher and, and Edmondson, but listen, what what the whole Edmondson thing? Like, you what? Because he's older and yeah. and D. like, yeah, but like. What what does any of this have to do with leadership? Like you know, like it's kind of like when and again, I don't want to throw any, but when people are like Shea Weber was the best leader ever, like okay, I guess so, but like I'm not saying he's not, but like why? But tell me because why. he's quiet and he's because he's saying tall anything. and he's quiet. Yeah, no, I I think it was actually because he took Henrik Setterberg's head and bashed and it smashed into, it into yeah. The, yeah, exactly. So no, no um, but I, I think like people like I don't know if it was Victor Mete or someone was saying like oh you know Shea Weber took me in like the first season when I was up in the NHL you know. He, him and his wife took me in and invited me to dinner and everything and made me comfortable. So he just, I, I think he was a great role model, like leading uh, with example, you know, just the fact that he had broken every bone in his body and still made it through the playoffs. Oh, uh, God, I got to give him that credit for that. Exactly. I mean, listen, like, we can admit this right now. Sorry to interrupt. When Shea Weber came over from Montreal, like it was a bit of an open secret. His foot was already busted up, man. Yeah. That's one of the main reasons Nashville... As soon as they mentioned Subban, Nashville's like, yeah, done. Like, boom. Like, within two seconds. Actually, it's Nashville who suggested to trade Weber. So, he was broken on his way here. And yeah. the fact of the matter is, like, statistically, he should have fallen off the cliff a long time ago. So, he, I got to give it to him. Like, he played well for well longer than I anticipated. I was also going to say, like, I mean, he's also on the ice. He's basically the example of what we were saying before with Heinemann's shot. That it's better to have, you know, an accurate shot than just a yeah. heavy slapper. Because it's just... His last few years, it was just like he was firing in every possible way and it just didn't work out. Like, yeah. But yeah, as a leader, I, I understand, you know, why people liked him as, you know, because he's just, as you were saying, Suzuki is stoic. Shea Weber was also kind of stoic, that personality that everyone can kind of like. Yeah, but he just will always like, okay. be there. Yeah. However, the good, again, like you're saying, uh, going back to the point about him being Kevin Cena's age, at least. These guys can relate to Suzuki and he's going to be the best player mm. on the ice for another few years. So it's kind of, I don't want to compare it to Crosby because obviously they're not in the same league, but that same idea, your best player on the ice, the guy is going to be the franchise the longest, you know, he's the face of the franchise. He committed long-term and he's got high-end skill. And these are all things that Canes kind of lacked there for a little while. Mm. So uh, yeah, I, I like it, especially considering how many young players should be coming in soon. Yeah. Um you know, and, and yeah, obviously you surround him with Gallagher and Edmondson and whatnot. So that's great. And also it gets him a chance to build a rep with the referees, gets him a little more, uh, you know, a little more comfortable. And yeah, so all in all, I mean, there was no other choice than there was no other choice, in my opinion. Like, it was crazy not to. And I hate it. They're even talking about one one year. Saying, Maybe we're going to go with no captain. I hate that, man. Don't go no captain anymore. Like, just name a guy for a year. You know, mm -hmm. the idea of no captain really bothers me. I don't know why, but it feels like it doesn't ever succeed. Uh, I can only say that in regards to Shea Weber that Matthias Ekholm spoke very highly about him. Oh, he's, in, in... He's, he was the most respected player in the league. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but like, does that the way make him a good leader? He, no, no. But the way he, he showed leadership off the ice, I think he usually had team meetings at his house with the defense group, et cetera, okay. et cetera. Yeah, yeah. And I listen, I don't know much about his time in, yeah. in, in Nashville either. So once you get that leader tag, it's kind of yeah. hard. I don't know yeah, if he yeah. played that role here. Let's be honest. He didn't want to come to Montreal. He no, was very no. happy. He was of very course. happy in Nashville. He was yeah. very happy in Nashville, and he was probably the one that was most upset by all these mm -hmm. trades. Uh, I was uh, going to say he's probably going to be happy in Vegas now. <laughs> if he goes, yeah. If he no, he of course he won't go. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. If he even like, yeah, if he even goes there for one day there just to check it out there, but, uh, but I, I heard no. he had a vineyard up in was it Washington or or, or Oregon? Um, oh, possibly. 
and and, and, if, what, you have, and what, if you have a win you're there you're not going to go anywhere else <laughs> no no exactly no, no 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 why would you yeah well it, it's clear because it was clear him and price just honestly they'd rather be in the forest hunting or, or you know mm. drinking wine and i get and people are like oh i'm like no i get it that's exactly what why i want to be doing at all times mm. hunting fishing and you know, drinking um, uh, a good glass of wine. Belgium there. <laughs> well, no, I'm more of a, uh, I like uh, the Biat Trappist from Belgium. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm, a, I'm fancy like that. Yeah. Well, um, speaking about Nick, though, uh, yeah. we, we've already touched on the subject. Um, he is the captain. He showed mm-hmm. progress every mm-hmm. year he's been with the Habs. And, and, he, and he played, he, I think he's the only guy that played every game last year. Yeah, maybe. I, I didn't even consider looking into that, but probably, yeah. I, I think uh, he's. He, I think he's their current Ironman. Yeah, and and but you know we we've seen. But where can we see him progress? Is that the leadership side or is it on the hockey side as well? I think if you're looking at Nick Suzuki and where you want him to improve, first of all, you just have to look at five on five production, right? So it, it did get significantly. We're going to try that word one more time. Significantly better this year compared to the last. However, he's still very dependent on. Um, power play goals which is not the end of the world like listen a lot of force do it but his skews really heavily to, to to power play so i think that's one area you want to see is a little more production five on five um i think that he'll be finding alignment like you know everyone's talking about suzuki call coffee i'm not sure if they're the best together either because every time they tried to throw someone on there very few people made that a good line and you have to start to think after they tried three or four guys like maybe it's the two other guys that have stayed together so i mean obviously yeah, yeah. As Andrew's just saying right now, try Brendan Gallagher. That would probably be perfect, actually. It's funny because I have an article coming out. You know, Montreal Hockey Now is talking about Gallagher's going to have a good bounce back season and he'd probably be smart enough. Um, his, his defensive game has gone through the roof, right? So he would work there. But I want to see more five-on-five production from him. Now, if you guys look at the numbers from him under Sham, he was actually the only one that produced under Sham too, though. Give him credit. He produced under that system or whatever you want to call it there, that 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 Picasso in the later years of, of, of hockey system. Um, and he still did well, but then under St. Louis, his numbers just skyrocketed. And coincidentally, his assists per 60 under Martin St. Louis was the same as Caulfield's goals per 60. Mm. I'm just saying, it's just a, it must Makes be a sense. coincidence. Yeah. But um, and you want to seeing... split them up. <laughs> well, you know, it's just like, honestly, I, I, I just don't know. As Andrew, I hadn't thought about Gallagher, but that would probably be a good one. I just like everyone that got put on that line, they didn't do great. And I so love Kovsky. It'll be interesting to see where where that player comes from. But if five on five goals is your point, like as Andrew just whispered to me, I mean, Gallagher is probably your best bet for that. Um, overall, I'd like to see him be a little more confident in his shot. Um, you know, his controlled entry is very, very good. He does a pretty darn good job supporting the defense. He doesn't always do a great job um, when the collapse, when he has to collapse, uh, he'll often... Mm-hmm. You know, kind of mess up his uh, his own coverage, uh, but he's still very young. So he's an intelligent young man, and and one of the coolest things with him is that he's all business. He just wants to improve. So, you know, there are things to improve in in Suzuki's uh, case. Like his underlying numbers aren't great, but um, he's also played on some pretty bad teams. So uh, we're, we're gonna, you know, I, I take all last year's numbers and he's also he's, he's also played for the uh, Western Conference champions. So. Yeah, exactly. You know? He's one of the, you know, he's done something else that the Leafs have never done yeah. there is, uh, is, is go past the second round. And then also, yeah, he won the Western. <laughs> but, you know, one of the cool things we saw just to get away from hockey, like on ice a little bit, is that we saw he started interacting with fans and stuff during the games. And he's getting a lot more mm-hmm. open like that. So the more he gets comfortable in that aspect, not having to worry about that, I think that'll actually help him, you know, not worry about his on ice play too. Because he's actually a guy that when he gets into the zone, 
he's in the zone and he has a hard time kind of compartmentalizing. Wow, that was tough. I almost I almost didn't get that one out. But um, so if he gets a little more comfortable with the whole social stuff, because I know it stressed him out. I know it really stressed him out. Like we do videos. He's like, Mark, do I look stupid? I'm like, buddy, you could fart in the wind and people would be like, yeah, mm, like, basically. don't worry about it. But but he's he does care about that stuff so if he gets a little more comfortable there then obviously i think uh, uh i, I think it helps with the instagram account for his cat uh, yeah, milo. yeah milo yeah, yeah exactly uh, one of the best instagram accounts to follow just do it yeah mm. no i don't cat people are weird yeah um, thank you, you know, i'm just gonna sign off now <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well you know it's funny people cat people are always like look the cat and the cat's like like biting them in the eye they're like oh look he's so adorable like no he's trying he's trying to kill you he hates you he hates you with a passion <laughs> okay and they're like they're like oh no look it's just my cat and rah, rah, the fucking thing's swinging and like biting like no put it down it's quite obviously rabid like oh no that's just my cat he's a little murderer <laughs> like oh yeah i had to get a freaking pirate patch because the freaking thing scratched my eye out four days in a row but oh he's just a little cutie eh, mr buttons Man, Go, going, cats are psychopaths. Going back to Nick Suzuki. No, no, um, no. Let's like, keep talking about cats. Or, or cats well, I'm also yeah. a cat person, so I, I won't be, uh, you know, standing on your side here. I will be on Patrick's side. Anyways, I was just going to say that I was the only one who had Nick Suzuki at second, right? Um, yeah. I had Cole Caulfield at first. Uh, if you look at the panel, everyone uh -huh. else had Suzuki at first. And basically, the reason behind my ranking was just that I'm just unsure if Nick Suzuki will reach, you know, the top end potential. If he will be a classic, you know, one so C. Suzuki is like a safe bet, and stuff, and uh, Caulfield has that high. Yeah, range. yeah, that, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I mean, Caulfield. Uh, I was saying that in the Caulfield podcast. Um, that basically, I think that if anyone's gonna win, you know, a major award, it's probably gonna be the Caulfield one. Probably, I'm not gonna say probably because you know it's still a long bet, but. When uh, Caulfield winning the Rocket Richard Trophy uh, for having scored the most in the league for one season. It's just Nick Suzuki, for me, at least, he falls into this category of like really, really like a very good centerman who kind of like Mika Zibaniad has always been in the New York Rangers. If you put him with the right teammate, he can be like, he can lead you pretty far, I think. But Will he buy does himself? Does he have that like, top end? Does he have another uh, gear to find? Yeah, yeah I was yeah, going to say, I, like, I, I mean, as soon as Artemi Panarin came into the New York Rangers, uh, Mika Sibaniad kind of, like, lifted from being a really good second center. Like, everyone was talking about, like, New York Rangers need uh, to find a 1C because they had Sibaniad as a 2C. And yeah. I think Suzuki kind of falls into that category as it is now. Like, he's put up, he put up 61 points last year. I mean, it's quite respectable for a 22 year old right well but and on the 30 second yeah exactly, exactly exactly yeah yeah for sure and and with a you know half a season that was a wash with eight victories in all um but it's just uh basically I, i'm just wondering if he... i tend to yeah i tend to yeah. agree. i, I yeah. have that same concern whether or not he has a top end talent and, yeah. and listen you're not going to get a guy well rarely a guy that has top end talent what, where do you get picked so like 13 or something or 13 yeah okay yeah, that's awesome. just like very rare i i agree in that sense but I think he's such a safe pick to be like a borderline elite that, yeah. you know, like, but Caulfield, that's a, like, no, I was going to say, that, like we're saying, Caulfield yeah. might not end up being a great no, goal no, for, for sure. NHL guys. Like that's the other, I mean, obviously the way he played, he the, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to say like the way he played under Martin San Louis for the, you know, second half of the season, he had a 49 yeah. goal, you know, per season pace. And, and, and I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think I'm not giving San Louis credit for that. I think it's no. actually getting rid of Sham that did mm. that. Let's be perfect. Most of those amazing numbers under San Louis was actually just a team like kind of waking coming back up, up to being normal. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like normalization. I'll be, yeah, really honest. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see how it goes this year. Because now if Cocktail gets off to a slow start, 
there's no excuses, right? Like, uh, you know, they went and they got his guy as a coach. Essentially, they got him as an older man, uh, you know, as his coach. So uh, I, I'm not worried like... about Suzuki. And I do think there is a, I think Suzuki won't go up much higher, mm. but won't go down. And no, whereas the... Caulfield has that, you're right, potential yeah, to play yeah, over yeah. Suzuki, but also significant potential to not come close to Suzuki. Yeah, that, that's the question as well. Obviously, they traded for Kirby Doc now, which is, a, you know, he, who is a different kind of centerman. But we, we still have to realize that, you know, he's just a couple of years, you know, from being a top three pick, whether you agreed with him being selected third overall or not. But, you know, basically, if you can have a one-two punch of those two young guys, that would be pretty good. And then maybe you don't need that, you know, that prime one C like, uh, you know, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews type. And that's the question. Like, basically, um, Kent Hughes and Jeff Like, Gordon you don't want to be like, you don't want to be like. No, they're, the, they're the just big, putting the they were Vegas in and the, they had Chandler yeah. Stevenson as like their their, yeah. their their big center there. And he went yeah. down there like, oh, we lost him. Like, no, the issue here was that you had Chandler Stevenson as mm. your number one center. Like that was yeah. your problem. Yeah. Because so injuries happen. You don't want Jake Evans. Like, I love Jake, he's buddy of mine, but you don't want him as your number one C, right? No, no. exactly. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting also going back to that. You're gonna have a rotating cast, and it kind of plays into it because Suzuki's gonna get the toughs this year. He's gonna get the tough minutes because I, I see Monahan more as a left winger at this point. Like, let's be honest, you look at that roster, I don't see him as a center. Um, and then obviously Kirby Doc. Um, you're gonna have some playing with the Huang. Like, there's uh, actually an excess, I guess, of centers at this point. So I do think that Suzuki, because of this, because there's a bunch of question marks down the middle of the roster, the whole way down, he's gonna get tougher assignments. And and I mean. Yeah, he'll be able to adapt to it, but that's just simple facts is the tougher your assignments, you know, harder it is to score. Now, the most important thing here is not quality of competition. It is important, but it's not the most, the quality of teammate is the most important thing in the mm -hmm. NHL. So, Caulfield, let's keep in mind, like, listen, we all love him, but he's still not a positive impact player in terms of underlying numbers. Like, mm -hmm. he's still in the, he's still under 50% a lot of these. Now, again, that's fine. Um, so if you put the cheek, yeah, the more, the more, the more I think about Andrew's suggestion of putting Berkshire, uh, putting, putting himself on that line. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'd be a sorry, sight for sore eyes. Not, yeah. Yeah. He, or, no, no, that sight might give you sore eyes. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, no, I, yeah, don't put, <laughs> um, the, I, I honestly think that might be a really good, like, you know, also you have a veteran presence, a smart guy, a guy that can really get in there and get dirty. Like one of the coolest things with I thought with Caulfield was when he's playing with Suzuki is that towards the end of the year, Suzuki is such a good puck carrier mm. that he generates space, right? And Caulfield was finding that open space. Now, I don't want to put up in the whole thing on Caulfield on Sham. Like at the end of the year, he wasn't finding open space. Um, and that was on him, man. Like, you know, that's his skill is that, listen, you're smaller. And he always had that innate ability to go an instinct to find open, mm. open, open ice. And um, obviously playing the bottom six, you're not going to get many opportunities. That, that was dumb. Let's be perfectly honest. Uh, that being said, I do think that if we can get someone else like Gallagher, yeah, that's really good that he'll be able to create open ice. So will uh, Nick Suzuki and take a little bit of pressure off Nick Suzuki, but the, 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 it'll be tougher assignments this year. It's as simple as that. And that's what you want to see from your players. Like, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Caulfield had or Suzuki had, you know, 55 points this year. Like, I don't know if he's going to go much over 60 in his career. And it's going to be another really tough year for the Canadians. So, um, I know there's no Arthur Lekon in there either. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what? It's like, do you guys ever watch the movie Harry and the Hendersons? No. Eh? Uh, hmm. Okay. Well, there's that one, one point. I, I always ask that and people are like, no, why would we ever do it? Anyways, um, John Lithgow is in it. So that's very important. Um, at one point, it's basically, 
they have a Bigfoot living with them and they have to like send them back in the forest and they're like, you know, leave. We don't love you anymore. But like, obviously, they still love him. So that's how I feel. All that to say about Arturia. Uh, but again, he was, I'd say, maybe their best player last year. Like it was finally, yeah. you know what I found hilarious? I'm going to call it all of Montreal media again. I'm, here I am going to making up friends. Y'all were insulting him on the press box, constantly yelling at like and laughing at it. They hey, make jokes we they, were not even they, present in the they, in the. In I know, the I know, press box. I know. <laughs> and then they would like make jokes and they tweet about the jokes, like, "Oh, this guy just said this, <laughs> buddy." And then like and laughing, like, "Oh man, he was so good, like so mm. underappreciated, so under like yeah, because by you exactly by you guys who." Man, oh well, if Lekin and scored in every shot, you know, uh, you'd have yeah, yeah, you'd have to pay him fifteen million dollars a year. You know what I mean? Like, what? Anyways, so it goes to show him and Lars Eller, I think we're pretty good examples that you don't need superstars everywhere. Which again, yeah, we're talking about guys that are high end now, but we're looking at T twenty five list, and there's there could be some similar guys like Owen Beck. Do you know what number he was wearing at Def Camp? Sixty two. And, and you know what? He looked a lot like Arturi Lekin. Well, we we uh, we used to we we joked a little bit that it was Arturi Beckonen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So, um, you know, you're gonna have to have guys like that to to alleviate some pressure, obviously. Yeah. And that was a good point that the no 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 Lekinen, no Toffoli, um, no um, well, Ben Sherrod. Eh, I mean, that's a positive. <laughs> Statistically speaking, that's a positive. No Lekinen, well, no Kulak. No Steve Weisserman doesn't two. agree. Well, yeah, I, that's crazy to me, but whatever. Um, uh, these are guys, with the exception of. Uh, Sherrod, like that was the mm. best deal any team has ever made. Like, wow, yeah, good job yeah, to use. Like, I just sure. I was with the Habs and I was like just about to be like laughing at the return there, but I'd be like, no, no, thanks, Ben. And yeah, good guy and all that, mm. but yeah, that was such a good return. <laughs> Anyways, that being said, you're losing all these guys that actually put up positive numbers. Like, like you look at Kul- uh, Kulak to Foley and and guys that would do do a better job at yeah. um puck retrieval and launching the play up the ice and that helped guys like Nick Suzuki so that's why I'm saying maybe this year yeah I actually might see a point drop even though he'll probably get a better he'll probably be a better player a progressional player but the Habs put together an awful roster on defense like Mike Matheson's the only one that's a positive impact player right now you know and and you you might have two spots open right now we we have we have to know with Matheson as well that he had a really great year last year but he's also had some pretty not so good years well that's what I was going to say so he's the only positive guy right now projected his numbers are based off last year with the Penguins. Yes. So, uh, and then you have like, you know, you might even have a Norlander slash Gooley slash Harris like cycle. Actually, you know what? By the time this podcast comes out, um, they might've already acquired a player. Like the Habs, I guarantee you right now, they're going to get a defenseman. They, they will, they have to, because right now, Schoenemann, Corey Schoenemann, who, you know, it's funny because everyone in, and there's a bunch of guys in Montreal that, that what was the name of that guy in uh, Columbus that they gave their, uh, their uh, Masterton vote too. They're a guy no one ever heard of. Uh, anyways, th- he was a Corey Schuderman of the West. So I think we actually should give more acclaim to Corey Schuderman. This guy went through his career, whole career, you know, and finally made it. But let's be honest, if he's your number five, you're not doing great. And you're going to have uh, Davids, no, not Davids, Saval. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say Denis for a reason. Um, it's not going to be a good top four. And the bottom, the bottom pairing, Schuderman, maybe Norlander. I think Norlander actually, he, didn't, he hasn't looked great. I'll be honest, guys. You know, I'm a big Norlander booster, but. He's got to start being consistent at I mean, all times. Like, put it together, you, you know? You have Matheson and Edmondson, who are, you know, NHL proven. Yeah, but Edmondson's a negative. Like, Edmondson, <laughs> I, I, like, no, like, statistically speaking, yeah, I can honestly yeah, say it. He, he's a drag on his team, like a significant drag. Um, all the top four, except for Matheson, again, which his numbers are big. So, so all that to get back to Suzuki is that if you have guys like Norlander, sure, good puck retrieval. That'll be great. But uh, Suzuki... 
I think we'll have to spend a lot more time supporting his defense and giving, uh, you know, outlet options, which kind of limits his ability to drive the offense as well. So I think that weak defensive core. And I'm going to say right now, the Habs are going to beat their record. Last year, they set a franchise record for goals against. They're going to go way past it this year. Like it's Well, like, we're, 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 we're going to draft Dalibor Dvorsky, as I call him, the conductor. Sure. Because and is he, is he going to play this year? <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're going to draft him next year because we we want another Slovak player, obviously, on on the team. And and the gonna... yeah, exactly. And um, and obviously Dvorsky is actually a famous tenor, but we we're not going to call him the opera singer, so he's a conductor. Uh, but yeah, anyways... yeah, that works. But but I mean, like, anyways, all this to say is that you need guys that can move the puck well to help offense, and and that's why I'm kind of thinking like it might be a struggle for Caulfield and Suzuki this year just because there's really no one to relaunch that attack. Like, I, I know guys, everyone is crapping on Petrie. Petrie was Montreal's best defenseman by far last year, right? Like, not even close. Even under Sham, his numbers were still, like, low 50s, Good. which yeah. everyone else was, like, you know, uh, high 30s. He was low 50s, and then it, it, it went right up. So, despite the fact that people are like, oh, he lost it. But, yeah, he was a little gun-shy, I'll admit it. Like, and it sucks being away from your family and the COVID and all that. Um but uh, Jeff Petrie and Brett Kulak were still by far the two best defensemen on the team last year. And and Brett Kulak actually might be their best, was their best retrieval guy, if I remember correctly, looking at micro stats. That's going to hurt a lot, is losing those two. Who's going to launch the offense? Maybe guys like Justin Barron, but he, he's got good wingspan, but not quick retrieval speed. Um, you know, Norlander, that's why I keep penciling him in. I think that he would be actually like, he's got the speed to go get it. He just has to do a better job not putting himself in those rough positions where he gets rocked. But all this to say, offense starts in the defensive zone i know it's so lame to say but man that's how it works and if you don't have the guys that can launch the offense offense guys like suzuki will have a harder time so don't don't be surprised if that's the case with football world cup coming up uh we, we were, they always spoke and uh, cruyff always said it and cruyff was obviously one of the players to invent it uh, you need a very good right defender to start every build up of the attack and it's yeah. the same in hockey yeah absolutely or, or well i guess and Germany had a pretty good one, uh, you know, but they're, they're already, he was running their entire <laughs> offense. But yeah, so also go Canada. Eh? How cool yeah. is that? That Canada's yeah. in the world. Well, actually, sorry. I have to, that the men finally caught up to, to what the women have been doing for a long, long they, time. They, they, won't, they, they won't catch up to the women. No, 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 no. Just making it like, like, congratulations, guys. You did what the women did like a lot, many decades ago. Good job. You're not going to get into the top three as the women have. But no, it is pretty cool that we're getting, uh, you know, that kind of, uh, uh, Canada in the World Cup is honestly that's I, I didn't I didn't think I'd see it in my lifetime so like that's pretty cool to me. Uh, we've been listening uh, once again at the final episode of Top Twenty Five Under Twenty Five for two thousand twenty two, and as always, so we're already penciling in for your, the next ep- or last episode next year. Mark Dumont uh, for Montreal Hockey Now and Steve Dangle Podcast Network with Andrew Berkshire. You know, that's yeah, like yeah, a... Andrew's right there. He's actually about to go uh, pick up his. Oh, he might have left already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's gonna go pick up his uh, adorable children. So me and then me and Dylan are gonna play cars. Yeah. Because that's what we do. We play cars. Yeah. And what can uh, I say? Everyone's like, oh, you're so you know you're good at you're good with kids and like yeah like, I I, I get them. I, I, yeah, I get them. I get kids. They're 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 on my level there. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason I'm a teacher. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, the reason I'm not a teacher because I, I would have lost my job pretty quickly. They actually, all my teachers said you'd be a great teacher. I'm like, and teach people like me, like, ugh. like, ooh, no, 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 absolutely um, not. You guys, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm looking at this. You guys have Caden Gooley at four, yeah, yeah, yep. No, no, Sean Farrell, Sean Farrell should be higher, man. 
right. Lane Hudson. Yeah. Lane Hudson should be in the top five. Mm-hmm. There Lane we have Hudson. it. We have the professor, uh, Mark Dumont. Lane, Lane Hudson should be. He, I think he's their best defensive prospect by far, like miles away from everyone. Yeah. We're gonna leave you with that. And no, no, no. We're gonna leave. Thank you like for... We should end with Nick Suzuki, though, shouldn't we? <laughs> I'm gonna leave with Nick. Well, Suzuki. how many points do you guys think will crack sixty this year? Yeah, I think he will have about 60, about where he was last year. Yeah. Well, I was going to leave with Nick Suzuki's and Walt Whitman's Oh, Captain, My Captain. But yeah, all right. Uh, we, we'll go your way instead, Mark, because I was trying to be the educated one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a big that's a big hill to climb, my friend. Um, I'm going to say right now, Suzuki, I'm going to like probably low 50s is my... And again... I'm just being realistic. Uh, I, I I really think that the roster composition right now is, I, I mean, Andrew, you know, he's better at this when it comes to data analysis, mm-hmm. but he was saying maybe Chicago and Arizona might fit in under the Habs. Mm-hmm. I say maybe Arizona, but I, I, I really think the Canadians will end up allowing more goals in franchise history than they ever ho- have before. And they did that last year. So that's not conducive to scoring points. And, and don't forget the shine, the whole Martin St. Louis shine is off. So I don't, I guess I'm being negative for no reason here. That being said, you know, when, when I did was speaking to management with Nick Suzuki is that and management, not just from the Habs, and they're like, yeah, that's the kind of guy you build your foundation on. Yeah. It's the kind of guy you can be reliable, um, that will control a locker room. And now let's keep in mind, we talk about all this production. This guy absolutely takes it to another gear in the playoffs. Like he like it's undeniable that he he Daniel Briars his way through the playoffs. And and I think that's a rare, rare ability. Now, whether it's a, an aberration or an outlier, but that's happened, you know, in junior and, and then in the NHL several times. Like, don't forget, it's, he's been in the playoffs twice. He left, led the Habs twice in, in, in scoring. Um, but we know that Nick Suzuki can, can bring it to another level. And, uh, you know, that's what you want in a leader. That's what you want you know, to see on the ice. So, um, you know, once the Canadians are in better shape, and I do think that Hughes and, and Gordon are doing a pretty darn good job at it, I do think that you're going to see a guy like him become, you know, almost like if they make it far in the playoffs, he'll be a Conn Smythe type, uh, you know, definitely. He'll be like, you know, locked as a Conn Smythe type uh, player. And uh, so, I, you know, regular season's all fine and good, but where Nick Suzuki really shines is when, you know, the game is on the line, like when, when things really matter. So we're not going to see that this year, but uh, in the future, when you have guys like Slavkovsky and Mishak in there, uh, I think Nick Suzuki will be the ideal, the ideal captain. Oh, captain. My captain, our fearful trip is done. The ship has weathered every rack. The prize we sought is won. The port is near, the bells I hear, the people all exulting, while follow eyes the steady keel, the vessel grim and daring. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.